Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. And today we are going, we're in Joshua 10. And I hope you have been enjoying the, the teaching and, and this Bible study of going through Joshua and using it to allow the Lord to permeate your life today and how your faith can be raised and you can be elevated as a woman of God knowing that even through the toughest of times, that God is still for you and with you. And I think what's key and and what really plays out in Joshua 10, when you read that, and I will read some of it. But if you just think about the book of Joshua, many of us as women go through various struggles in life, whether it's in health, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in finances, life has struggles. And I think what's so key about the book of Joshua, that the Lord told Joshua to be strong, to be courageous, and that also told him what land that he would win and gain the land of the Canaanites. But I think in our lives, we know and the Lord has shared whether through his word, through someone sharing a word from God or the Lord sharing that with you himself, that the Lord is going to see them through. But we lose hope and we lose faith and through the various struggles. And what I like about the book of Joshua is these are God's promised people, but they have to fight and be courageous and go through many battles to get to that land of milk and honey. And it reminds me of today that in the end or in this life, we want to see the fruit of our labor, but it does not come easy. It comes through being raised, maybe not in the perfect household. It comes from going through the troubling teen years and making choices between drugs and sex and 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 choosing who's a good friend from a bad friend and possibly going on to college or going into your career after high school and then moving into marriage and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Maybe the spouse that you committed and gave a vow to manipulated or tricked you Um, or you got pregnant and got married because of that, or whatever the circumstance may be. And and then maybe you may be raising um, young children that struggle and have difficulty. And you start thinking that life is wearing you down and that God isn't for you. And that's really a lie from the enemy. Now, I'm sure, as you know and I know, Every decision you probably made along the way didn't include God in your decision. So when we look back or we think about it, why are we not? Why didn't we can recognize why we struggled? We can recognize why we ran into several walls or we got hit in the head with some rocks because we were making decisions from our own understanding. And what do we talk about yesterday? how God needs to be involved in the most intimate, simple areas of our lives that we think 
God doesn't need to be included, but he does. And so when we think of life that way, and that's why I'm always challenged and always kind of a little annoyed when I hear pastors or ministers talk about, oh, you get saved and you have this glorious life. It's like, what book are they reading? Now, I'm not sitting here to say that you can't, you're not having a great life in serving the Lord. You can when the Lord is part of your plan. But there's always an area and a time that we've had in our life in sin before we came to God where we might have truly struggled because we were using our own thinking and maybe many of us don't really have a lot of good common sense or may not have been raised by wise parents or whatever may be your circumstance. Maybe you were raising yourself at age 10 and 11, as I've met um, many young people in detention who basically were self-raising themselves by the age of six or seven. So we go through this period in darkness. We find the Lord, and sometimes we're led to believe that once we say the prayer, once we repent, and once we ask for forgiveness, then life will be great. Life is great for your inner man. Now, what makes life great is now that every battle and every challenge and every difficult decision that you have to make, you now have the Holy Spirit and the Lord to guide and lead you. Before, you were alone and you were relying on your weak understanding. Now you are not. It does not mean that struggle and challenges don't come, but what it does mean that you now have the power, the energy, and the favor of God to get through this challenge and be victorious. Whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children. And I think what Joshua 10, from my perspective, and you know, we all can read a chapter and the the word can speak a different um, message to each to each of us. And so the message I want to share with you today that comes across in Joshua 10 is that our own thinking and our own behaviors and our own actions that we come up with out of our own head have limitations. Because we as humans have limitations. In an, in an, you know, by ourselves, we have limitations. So when we're thinking of a plan or a solution, we're thinking of it in our own strength, our own manufactured power. But when we engage the Holy Spirit and we engage with God, we have a limitless amount of power, not only in our physical body, but in our view, and not only in our physical body, but in the earthly realm and in the heavenly realm. And so now we have, when we pray, when we talk about praying and we talk about reading the word, these aren't just religious acts 
that we're telling you to do or I'm suggesting to do so that you check a box and that, you know, God will be happy with you. My purpose and my reason for sharing the importance of the word, sharing the importance of fellowship and kneeling before God and praying for God and engaging the Lord's ear in the help that you need is for you to access supernatural power, power that has no boundaries, no limits. And so because many, I don't know about you, but do you have little problems or do you see them as big problems? And many problems, I'll give you a perfect example of one that I had that I didn't even put too much tax on, but it was during the whole financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. And I happened to have a mortgage with Bank of America. And most of you know, they went through and a lot of banks had to be bailed out and all this and that and the other. And here I was, I had a mortgage and I had an equity uh, mortgage as well. And in that time, you know, I'm in prayer of the Lord, just seeking God for his will to be done. And this is why I tell people that the word says, seek ye the kingdom of God and everything will be added unto you. That is so important because sometimes we just pray on, we need, um, I just need money to pay a bill. You need more than money to pay a bill. You need resources to sustain you. And so even in your prayers, When we pray for particular things, and I'm not against that, but when we pray for God's power to be upon our lives, we're covering things that we don't even know about, that we don't even have a clue about of how something could help us, and not only help us, but our family, our children, and others. So when you're praying Pray for God's glory to be in your life. Pray to seek God, to understand his character. Because in Joshua 10, Joshua learned through the Gibeonite situation that he had been deceived. But the same, he executed the character he saw in the Lord. That at times, the Israelites didn't do what they were supposed to do. But the Lord kept his commitment to his people. And although Joshua and the Israelites were deceived by the Gibeonites, he lived and showed the same character. And the next time he prayed to the Lord and the Lord gave him his response. So when we get into Joshua chapter 10, the Gibeonites are now servants of Israel, as you learned in the last chapter. But now the other kings in the area in the hill country were like, gosh, they now have, uh, Israelites now have a treaty with Gibeon and Gibeon is larger than Ai. And now they've already attacked Jericho, another Canaanite area. And now they, they attacked Ai. Now they have a treaty with Gibeon. He actually asked for the five kings to unite together to come against Gibeon. Why? They had a stronger army and they were of a a stronger um, 
land facility as far as being a royal city, probably having more wealth, that if they could get Gibeon back, then they would have to serve them. And they would then be stronger to then, and I'm, I'm thinking in this king, king Adonizedic's mindset of what he must have been thinking. He forgot about, even with the power of God, he's probably thinking in his human terms that I'll have the numbers. I'll have five kingdoms, and now we could stand up to them. So anyway, the beginning of this chapter, he then engages in conversations and appeals to um, Hoham, king of Hebron, Piriam, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. And he says in verse 4, Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, they joined forces, and they moved their troops against Gibeon. So, now if I was Gibeon, I'd be, if I was a Gibeonite, I'd be kind of worried. Because now... The Gibeonites are being attacked, and they now have to rely on Joshua, who's in Gilgal, and my understanding is like 20 miles away. Now imagine the person you deceived, you have to now ask them to come and save your life and your And basically to save you from being attacked, possibly or killed, or basically probably killed or taken over. But guess what? And they ask and state, do not abandon your servants. Wow, it's interesting how the words have changed, right? They accepted being their servants, but now they're begging to be protected. And Joshua being a man of character and a man after God's heart. He goes up quickly and says to the Gibeonites, goes there and to save them. And he takes his entire army, including all the best fighting men, to fight for someone who deceived them, who lied to them and didn't do right by them. And this is Joshua. And I didn't plan on saying this, but the Lord just brought this to my mind. We have sin, all have sinned. Hopefully we can all agree on that. We've all lived in sin. We've all been disobedient. And we've all possibly have run into trouble here and there that was of our own making. And in that moment... We cried out to God. And so this is where I see God's character in, in Joshua. And, and here's an area for us to know God's character and emulate this character as well. You know, Joshua could have said, hey, I had a commitment to you um, to not kill you. I'm not going to kill you. Those five kings will kill them then I'll be out of the vow and the pledge. Technically, Joshua wasn't the one 
that was killing them. And he could have looked at it as here was his way out. And is that not like us? We look for a way out of commitments or vows. When people deceive us or we think they're dead weight or we're bored with them or we're tired of being married to them or, you know, maybe I, I can not have much integrity in a job or maybe I don't need to serve in church as much as I as I'd like, because they're not fulfilling what I need, whatever our excuses may be. But every one of us has had an experience where we had to call on the Lord and we were probably not living, acting, or believing and executing our faith as a true 100% believer. Maybe we were a 10 percenter. We were living and believing 10%, living on 10%. But when we prayed and cried out to God, we wanted a 100% response from God. And that is so when we deal with other people, we need to remember that we were humbled once and called upon the name of the Lord. And the Lord responded, and we didn't deserve what he gave us, what he did for us. But he did it because that is his character. That is what he said when he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believes. And in that moment of your despair, you believed, and God was faithful to you. And so in this moment, that is what Joshua has is seasoned and knows that he needs to protect these people and seeks God. And the Lord says here in verse 7, which to me is so, again, what the Lord told Joshua chapters ago about not being afraid and being of courage. And the Lord says to him, I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And I tell you, for me in corporate America, I had to hold on to scripture to go in every day at the job when I knew people were setting up landmines for me to fall into as the only woman, as the only African-American at that that corporate level, no matter what company I worked for. When I went in, I knew that the moment I stepped in, I was stepping into a battleground. And what kept me sane was reading words in Proverbs and Psalms and and the Old Testament and hearing and praying and saying, Lord, just do not let me blow it with someone today. Do not let their ignorant statements make me respond in an ignorant manner as well. And to let allow the Lord to win that battle, to fight that battle for me, to let the Holy Spirit and the angels that the Lord charges, charged around me to fight those battles. And I ask you to do the same whether it's in your marriage that may be troubled, maybe it's in your physical body and your health, and maybe you need the Lord 
to, you know, to cry out and say, Lord, it's not by my thought, not by the doctor's thoughts, but it is by your faithfulness and your character. I can't promise you that every time you're in a hole, the Lord's going to bail you out. But what I can tell you, he has a plan for you when you get out of that hole, whether he brings you through, then you pray for the strength to go through it. Many times the Lord takes us through struggle because he's working on that persevering our spirit, on strengthening us, for us relying on our faith and not God to snap the finger and it happens. But what you will learn, the strength and knowledge and wisdom you gain through that, you need to hold on to God's unchanging hand in that time. So it's never a time to be afraid when, whether it's your job or your career or your children and fear tries to grip you, you have to remember the scriptures in Joshua. Do not be afraid. You have to tell yourself. I will not be afraid. I will not let the enemies at my job, the enemies, and some of you might say even at church, the enemies in your family, whoever is pressing against you and bringing stress and bringing um, circumstances that make you not sleep, that make you anxious or nervous, you want to deliver them to the Lord Because he has the limitless opportunity to bring change. I have seen um, miraculous situations where mothers had to remove children from their homes and how the Lord has blessed those children and raised them up that those children come back and say that you did the right thing, that I'm a better woman or a better um, young man because of the choice you made. And living comes with hard choices. And that's why the Lord has to remind Joshua about not being afraid and to have courage, courage to make tough decisions, courage to go up against people and circumstances that are above your imagination or ability to conquer. But you have God to conquer all things. So Joshua goes up and defends the Gibeonites. Not only does he defend them, God goes before him and winds up killing more than what he kills with the sword. What does the Lord do? So, I don't know about you, but time is always something that we're running short on, right? So, I am sure when you're in the fight, you always need more time to come up with a plan, to fight back, to talk back, whatever that may be. But when you get down to verse uh, 12, it says, now, Gibeon, he, they, I mean, not Gibeon, Joshua and the Israelites, they marched all night from Gilgal to Gibeon, and they pursued, um, the five kings and their armies. And the defeat was so um, devastating that the five kings fled and they were hiding in a cave. And why? Because the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail 
than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. So did the Lord tell Joshua, I'm going to drop hailstones down on them? No, but the Lord told Joshua that they will not be able to withstand you. And this is where we can get stuck on the Lord told me to go, but he didn't tell me the how and the when and the who. If the Lord tells you to go do something, go do it. I promise you all those other things come as you step in faith and do what the Lord's asked you to do. The Lord told him they wouldn't be able to withstand you. He didn't say, I'm going to be there beside you and I'm going to throw some hailstones. They're going to be running. They're going to be fleeing in some caves. No, because he needed Joshua to take actions with his army in obedience to God's word. And God then recognizing his obedience, then blesses and does what he needs to do to fulfill his character and his word to Joshua. And that's what we need to think of and depend on when we're moving forward for God. But not only that, so what did the Lord do in 12 as well? Well, to give them, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious here, to give them more time to kick some butts, right? On that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Now, here's Joshua speaking his prayer, declaring the power God has put in him. And this is bold. Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still. So wait a minute. We stopped rotating on the axis? Are you saying the power of his words, because God was with him and for him, that he could speak to the sun and the moon, and it stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. And as it is written in the book of um, Jashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Not a minute, not a second, but a full day. It took a long time to fight these folks. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. And later in that chapter, when you read, you'll see how Joshua brings, he locks up the kings, the five kings in a cave. And then after he kills all their people, um, every one of them in their towns, he brings them out and has the soldiers of the commanders of Israel literally put their foot on the necks of the kings. And is that not the place that the Lord says that the enemy, that the enemy should be? And that this was him doing it here in demonstration, but it's what we should be doing in our lives. And the enemy, what gives us the power to put the enemy under our feet is having God, having his word and our prayers and feeling the full power and the limitless power that God can display through us for those who choose to release 
and exercise and exhibit the character that's exhibited of our Lord Jesus Christ in his word, in his life, and in the instruction that he gives us. If we want to see greater things, if we want our lives elevated to a higher level, we have to make decisions and choices based on the guidance of God and his word. We have to hear God in order to work with God. Is that not our choice? Did Joshua pray for we want the riches of these five kingdoms? No, he prayed for victory. God already promised him the land. God already promised that you will be a light in a dark world. The Lord already promised that he's given you the power and authority over health, over wealth, over the possessing the land. But you have to do something. And so I challenge you today in your journal today, what is it? that you need to engage God within your life because you need a limitless plan because your strategy of how to overcome it is limited and you need God to maybe hold the bank back on your mortgage a couple of days. Maybe you need the Lord to Help your credit rating rise up. You may need the Lord to give you wisdom on how to manage your bills and manage struggling children. Maybe you're fighting against a husband in court to get your child support. Instead of shouting out bitter bitterness and anger and, and words of discouragement and feeling like woe is me, why not declare God's word. And it's interesting, this comes to mind. If you've ever seen the movie Color Purple, um, Ubi Goldsberg's character in the end, after years of abuse from a husband, she decides to leave. And he acts like he's going to like basically snatch her out of um, the carriage she's leaving at to show her who she really is, that she means nothing. And she finally has that boldness and that character to stand and point at him. And this is, this is a movie, but it's, a, it's the same moment we, you have to get to. And she lets him know until he does right by her. Nothing he touches, nothing he does, everything he does will fail until he does right by her. And sometimes we have to get that spiritual conviction of that by praying and seeking God. And I chose to do that once. And I will tell you, you find yourself declaring things that you hadn't planned on declaring. But many times it's you declaring over yourself who you need to be so that when people come to war against you or to question you or to bring you down, you can check them with the truth. You stop them in their tracks with what your truth is. So I want you today to think about a battle that's coming, a battle you've lost, or a battle you need to win, where you need God to bring 
his impossible to possibility in your life. To bring what you see as something that there is no way out. But I promise you, if you engage with God, there's a way out. There's a solution. There is something you haven't thought about. Because you have limitations. There is no limitations with God. So I pray for you today and I pray as you read Joshua 10 that you always remember in the the darkest hour when you are trying to live maybe in a committed marriage where you don't believe that you're being treated fairly or loved or whatever it may be that you choose to live pleasing to God first and that you will engage him to bring change to your life, to your marriage, to your children, to your finances, to your physical body, to your mental, to your soundness of your mind. The Lord will make a way for you if you seek him. I send this prayer to each of you Every person that by the sound of my voice, I pray that the Lord truly blesses you with transformation and brings you success against everything you view that is warring against you or battling against you or a future battle that is to come. You have the power, you have the ability, but most of all, you have a mighty God. I pray that you're blessed today and we'll talk tomorrow. And read Joshua 10. Talk soon.